0: What called us here this day? What called us to this community of justice, freedom, truth and love? What spoke to us amidst the noise of everyday life and reminded us that to gather in community and to attend to matters of the spirit is a valuable path? for us to choose. So good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to worship with Kensington Unitarians on this misty spring morning. Welcome to this hour that we spend together. An hour of music and song, words and silence. I think of this as a time to reconnect. We reconnect with one another but we also have chance to reconnect with something within ourselves, be this our own wise voice or our sense of that which is divine. So my hope is that there is something in this service that speaks to you and to your issues, something that might resonate with you in the week ahead, something that might help you to make sense of the week that's passed in the way that a jar of muddy water will settle and become clear if left for a while, we too perhaps can experience a greater clarity through spending time here together today. So I invite you to take a moment, take a conscious breath perhaps, and when breathing out have a sense of letting go of anything that might stop you from being fully here in this present moment and let's breathe in a sense of peace and connectedness and as this chalice flame this symbol of our worldwide progressive religious community as it burns brightly so may we find a path of love that shines for us and shows us the next steps in creating a world of peace a peace that can begin within each and every one of our hearts. Just have a a short reading now. Um, And in this short piece, Unitarian Universalist Minister Robert Walsh, he plays with the idea of what have we done to deserve this? He thinks of Johann Sebastian Bach's music. He thinks of spring flowers and lovers. And he sees them all as unearned gifts in life. Gifts that really we never deserved, but we can appreciate and be grateful for. And I wonder what unearned gifts in life you might be appreciating at the moment. Here's what he wrote. I heard the second Brandenburg Concerto played in honour of Bach's 300th birthday and I was swept away. I remembered a story about the people who send messages into outer space. Someone suggested sending a piece by Bach. The reply was, that would be bragging. Some say some say we get what we deserve in life, but I don't believe it. We certainly don't deserve Bach. What have I done to deserve the second Brandenburg Concerto? I haven't been kind enough, I have not done enough justice, I have not loved my neighbour or myself sufficiently. I have not praised God enough to earn a gift like this. So life is a gift we have not earned and for which we cannot pay. There is no necessity that there be a universe, no inevitability about a world moving towards life and then self-consciousness. There might have been nothing at all. Since we have not earned Bach, or crocuses or lovers. The best we can do is express our gratitude for the undeserved gifts and do our share of the work of creation." <coughs> Word by Robert Walsh. And um, I'm going to use those words to bring us now into a time of prayer and reflection <laughs> Given the troubles of our world, I thought we should be praying for peace. So I invite you to bring that sense of gratitude, however small it might be for you this day, bring that sense of gratitude for life's gifts into our time of prayer now. As I call on the spirit of peace to be here with us. Let's pray for all that is not peaceful within ourselves. For any bitterness or weariness we may be experiencing. In response, perhaps, to our own struggles, small or large. And in response, perhaps, to the troubles of our world. May peace be with us this day. Let us pray for all the world's leaders. That they might be steady and caring and capable of seeing a bigger picture in their decision making. May all leaders be blessed with wise counsellors and be ever aware of the possible consequences, the many possible consequences of their decisions. May compassion for all be their guiding principle and may it also be ours. May all who hold power dedicate themselves to be builders of the human community rather than its destroyers. May peace be with all leaders this day. Let us pray for peace. In this world of ours where conflicts too often and too quickly turn to violence. For the peace of the world, let there be peace and let it begin with us. And in a few moments of shared silence now, let us entrust our prayers and concerns to the great spirit of life. And may peace be with our human community this day. And may it be for the greater good of all, as always. Amen. Well, this is a hymn I keep coming back to at the moment. It's number 198, For the Healing of the Nations. Let's say if we can make such a joyous noise that we bring about a change.
1: Read, the following poem, rather, by Mark Bellatini is, in your, is on your green sheet, uh, if you'd like to read it yourself. Thank you. Yeah. It's called Let's Set It All Down by Mark Bellatini. Let's set it all down, you and me. The disappointments, little and large. The frustrations. Let's open our fists and drop them The useless waiting The obsession with what we cannot have The focus on foolish things The pinwheeling worry which wears us out The fretting Let's throw them down The comparisons of ourselves with others The competition as if domination was the best name we could give to God. The cynical assumptions, the unspoken, shelved anger, let's toss them. The inarticulate suspicions, the self doubt, the preempted self hatred, the numbing bouts of self pity. Let's sink them all like stones Like stones in the pool of this gift of silence Let's drop them like hot rocks into the cool silence And when they're gone, let's lay back gently and float Float on the calm surface of the silence Let's be supported in this still cradle of the world Newborn, ready for anything
0: now to lead us into a time of stillness and meditation we'll hold a good few minutes of silence together and that will come to an end with a chime from our bell so um, as we enter this time of meditation together now let's do what we can to cultivate a sense of peace in this place made sacred by our presence. Let's find a sense of peace within ourselves, in our hearts, in our minds and in our bodies as best we can this day. as we perhaps soften our gaze, or close our eyes and turn our attention inwards, aware of the sounds outside on the busy streets, aware of the sounds inside this room, yet with our attention focused inwards, aware of our breathing. Aware of our feet resting on the ground. Aware of the chair on which we sit. And if you wish, I ask you to imagine that deep within each and every one of us is a central point where all is still and calm. Whatever is happening elsewhere there is a place of inner peace within us. And from this place of inner peace, if you wish, I invite you to observe, observe your own life and the life of our world as it is, not how we might wish it to be. Let us, if this feels right for us this day, face life's joys and difficulties with a calm sense that, ah yes, this is how it is. Not always how we might wish life to be, yet this is how it is let's sit together now in companionable stillness for a few minutes Well, I don't know about you, but I am sorry for all our podcast listeners today. Well, not all that sorry, because do you know what? They're probably having a lie-in this morning and will be listening to this service at some future time, sitting in a comfy chair with their feet up, probably eating a slice of cake or other pudding-like treat. They've not had to suffer like the rest of us, getting up early, struggling to arrive at church on time. But I am just a bit sorry for the podcast listeners because they don't have in front of them what we have in front of us. And I didn't check with Jane, do we all have the same something in front of us this morning? Podcast listeners, what we have in front of us this morning is a picture of a glorious but very Notting Hill looking pudding (laughs) on the front of our order of service. Because you're not here, I'm going to describe it. It is, of course, in a jam jar because that's what puddings come in these days. And it's got layers of rainbow-coloured fruits covered with squirty cream, which isn't that tasty or healthy really, is it? It is sort of the kind of pudding that used to cause problems in my family when we were young. Actually, the biggest problems used to come from blanc and jellies and cakes, actually. I am I'm the middle child of five, I expect I've told you that before, it's been the cause of quite a bit of suffering in my existence. <laughs> As the middle child of a family of five children, I know how unfair life can be, especially when it comes to the cutting of cakes or the serving out of favourite puddings, or shall we say, desserts. The question is, is my share of this pudding as big as everyone else's? That is a question that has shaped my life. So I wonder what your version of this is because I think most of us have it in one form or another. How has life's unfairness affected you? In teenage years or adult life, have you found at times yourself asking the question, what have I done to deserve this? Whatever this might be. Now, over the years, I've come to see this line of inquiry as a very important philosophical and theological issue. It's one that I reckon we all do well to think about from time to time. It's an exploration that I reckon can assist us in clambering out of a very human quagmire. It's a symbolic, muddy pool that life can knock us into from time to time. Is it a pond you've ever found yourself stuck in? My version goes like this. Something horrid happens to me. I don't like it. I know it's not fair that this has happened to me. Why me and not somebody else? And if I'm not careful, I get stuck. I get stuck in complaints. I get stuck in feeling miserable. I get stuck in thinking I am being treated worse than other people. It's a circular thinking that gets me nowhere. So I've always been grateful to the friend who passed on to me a a piece written by George Bernard Shaw. And in case it might be useful for you at the moment, we put it on the the green hymn sheet for you. It's from a piece that I've always called A Splendid Torch, and it has this line. This is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose, recognised by yourself as a mighty one, The being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Now that particular description, the feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making me happy, that has been making me laugh a little ruefully perhaps for many years now. If you're interested in this topic of life's injustices, I recommend a book by Rabbi Harold Kushner to you, and I suspect some of you will have come across it. It's called, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? Rabbi Kushner, like many people, had been brought up to view God as a firm, but ultimately kind father figure, a good parent who would care for those who lived good lives. Now, the Hebrew scriptures, as, as do many others, have, have many examples of this kind of belief. Listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah. Tell the righteous, it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruits of their deeds. Woe to the wicked! It shall be ill with them, for what his hands have done shall be done to him. But, you know, even in Isaiah's day, people knew that the sun shone on the righteous and the unrighteous alike, that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Rabbi Kushner's faith was really tested when his son Aaron was diagnosed with an incurable condition called progeria, which means rapid ageing. By the time Aaron was 10, he was physiologically in his 60s. He never grew beyond the height of an average three-year-old and he died aged 14 after a physically very tough, short life. In his book, Kushner explores his own understanding of suffering and he considers his own theology, his sense of a loving God that has no power to avoid our suffering. Suffering which stems from bad luck or bad people Or natural laws that we cannot always comprehend. Kushner learns through his son's suffering that if we move beyond the question why has this happened to us we can ask instead how can we make something worthwhile even out of the most terrible of life circumstances. Protestant theologian Frederick Buchner in his book about grace writes that the And I've I've put this on the order of service sheet as well. The grace of God means something like this. Here is your life. You might never have been. But you are because the party wouldn't have been complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Now Buchner goes on to write in the voice of a personal God, don't be afraid, I am with you, nothing can ever separate us, it's for you I created the universe, I love you. Now not all of us have that sense of care and comfort from a divine presence. I think for some of us support has to come from other people or perhaps through finding some of those wellsprings of inner strength that can turn the hard times into learning times. Um, Jim, you mentioned how much loved Caroline earlier. Um, Caroline Blair, some of you know, was our chair and uh, treasure in this congregation. Uh, she died far too young in 2015, and she wrote about suffering in this um, collection of our own writings, Kindred Pilgrim Souls." If you haven't got a copy of this, there's a copy in the library, I think we even have copies to sell or give away, even, haven't we? It's really worth reading. And these words of Caroline's "Have stayed with me." she wrote. "I believe that bad things can happen to good people. All we can do is identify the things that we can influence and make the best decisions we can and come to terms with the things that we can't. None of this is easy and it is an ongoing and forever incomplete process. I believe that if we get lemons we won't always be able to make lemonade. Some people sometimes get too many lemons at once and their strength gives out. We need to look out for the people who are drowning under lemons and be ready to offer a hand with the lemonade making. They may not be easy to spot, or easy to help, or at all grateful. And I can just imagine Caroline saying that and writing it. We all have work to do on our own personal take on life's sufferings and injustices. My own comfort, when I can find it, comes from a sense that we are all in this together. Our sufferings are shared. So the question of why me becomes, well, why not me? If it's not going to be me, will it be somebody else? Do I want to wish that on somebody else? If, you're, if we're all in this together, then your suffering is also my suffering. We have every right then to reach out to one another in times of need. We can support one another in finding some meaning and purpose in whatever circumstances, whatever muddy pool life lands us in. And those words, deserving, undeserving, let's keep an eye on how those are used in our world. It's understandable that we seek causation for all that happens, but in truth. Isn't life generally far too complex for us to ever fully under, un- understand what has caused what? And let's remember that when it comes to social justice, the wealthy have for too long used such terms, deserving and undeserving, to justify positions of privilege. What right do we have to judge the lives of others? What? damage might we be doing when we judge ourselves or others? No, let's instead put our energies into creating a world of greater opportunity for all, a world of kindness and compassion where we support one another in dealing with the puddings that life has served up for us, be our slices large or small, be the pudding tasty or just a tad bit disappointing, as puddings sometimes can be. Amen. And so, in the week ahead, let us know that the world is how it is. We may not be able to do much to right its wrongs, but let us stand together for what is right and just and true. Let us care for one another and share one another's burdens and may love indeed sustain us in all that we do. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.